welcome to Retsile Review. We are here today with me and just Uncle Saxon. Greg has perished. No, he didn't. <laughs> he, was in a, he was in a bad scooter accident. Right I'm into sorry. a snowball. <laughs> right into it. Oh, man. Sorry, Greg. Rest in peace. What's, what's up, Saxon? Same old shit. Got another show this weekend. Melissa's doing uh, Tech Nine. Whoever that is, I don't know who that is. Sounds familiar. I know I've but, seen. But uh, we had a we had a huge meeting with uh, the biggest production company in the, in the city, and um, it's very positive. Very very positive. One look at uh, some mortgage options. Going to go buy a house in a couple of months here. Oh wow. All this shithole. She and her kids gonna move to Minneapolis, and and uh, we're gonna build our empire. Wow! Moving on up. Lighting Lady Design. Check us out on Facebook for all your convention and concert uh, lighting needs. Our mitzvahs. Yeah. Our mitzvahs. Fuck it. Mar- uh, weddings. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Well, I'm glad things are looking up. Mm-hmm. Very good. I haven't had a fucking drop of alcohol in 10 days. Holy shit. You seem like you're in a pretty good mood. I'd be in a better mood if I had a fucking glass of absolute about this fucking thing, but whatever. Well, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Maybe my wife, uh, she doesn't really drink that much. Well, she did. Like when we first started uh, dating, she was really, you know, drinking. She drank and she smoked. And she gave both, well, she gave the smoking up. She gave, kind of gave the drinking up because we had a kid, so she kind of had to. So now when she drinks, she's just like, she has one and she's done, basically. So. I know what you're going through. No, you if, you need, if you need to talk to anybody, just give me a call. Fucking blow me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get through this, I swear. All right. So what's uh, what else is going on? All right. Well, some Saxon news. Uh, a couple of days ago, Biff Byford uh, went for a uh, emergency bypass surgery, and uh, he was sent home today. So I guess everything's looking good. Yep. He's Come got on. a lion's heart. I <laughs> see what you did there. <laughs> see what you did. It's his destiny. Yeah, I'm hoping he comes on the show because uh, he's got some time now. Because we've been yeah, waiting, we've, we've been waiting for him to actually come on the show. I do uh, have been talking to the manager, so he, she was just been waiting for him to uh, come off a tour. So now he's off a tour and he'll be home, off a tour, yeah. lounging around, and uh, hopefully we'll get him on, and that'll be cool. Fucking cool as hell. Yeah, it would be. You've met him in person though, right? Before. Yeah. And he even knows who Uncle Saxon is, so that's, really, uh, well, at least he he claimed to. Well, he probably has an Uncle Saxon, maybe. Wow. He's got an Uncle Mervis. <laughs> you think you're the only Uncle Saxon on Earth? Yeah, yeah. You probably Fucking are. right, I am. Why would anybody else be called Uncle Saxon? He's the original. Tell you that much. That's true. You are the original. Some uh, news, some Metallica news. James Hetfield going into uh, rehab again. It's been dry. Maybe you should help him out. Yeah. Go I'll hang out. I'll sneak him in a little something and Betty Ford. <laughs> That's a shame, though. It's like. He, you know, he he goes through all this. Shit. It's hard. I like where he's involved with, you know, obviously music, and he's around everybody, and everybody's drinking, and God knows what the hell else they're doing backstage. And I couldn't even imagine living that life, being uh, like uh, recovering from, you know, addictions. Right. Yeah. It's it's got to be like impossible. Well, he's done it before. He can do it again. He has. So hopefully he uh, he comes out of this 
and does it right. It's funny because um, a couple months ago, people were putting pictures up on uh, online of how he looks now from, God, not that long ago, maybe five years ago, and the, the difference in his face is like night and day. Yeah. Like, he looks like uh, 20 years older than what he was. Yeah. In such a quick uh, span of time, it's insane. So, kind of knew something. Something's going on, you know. Shame. And talking about Metallica, next week—I think it's next week or week after—we have Patrick Scott on the show. Very dear, close friend of Lars Ulrich and Dave Mustaine. Yep. And a fun, uh, fun storyteller. Hey, it was fun to have him on again. You know. Yeah. Totally. Still trying to get him and Greg to uh, do a show together. I think that'll be cool. Yeah, a new wave of British heavy metal show. Yeah. Need to get some new shows on here. Well, those two dudes know all about that. Yes, they do. It'll be cool if they ever get that done. Um, some funny news. I mean, it's not funny. I mean, because the girl, that 16 year old girl that from Sweden, the uh, environmentalist. Uh, I don't know if anybody's really seen this girl. I'm, I'm sure everybody has on it, really, because she's been all over the news, uh, you know, giving that speech to the United Nations where uh, she scolded the world leaders for their betrayal of young people, you know, through the alleged failure to uh, tackle climate change. Do you believe in climate change, by the way? Of course. How can you not? Do I believe 99% of the world's scientists? Yeah, I think so. Do I believe one orange fucking... Piece of shit? No, I don't believe him. Why not? Well, because he's lied and been wrong about every other fucking thing in his life. Yeah, but so is everybody else. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I'm in like in, in between believing about, uh, about climate change. I mean, I, I can gonna see... Take? You know, it's your fucking kid that has to live in this shit. I know, and that, that's what really it pisses me off, you know? But my kids also got to live with all these other assholes that live on Earth too. So, yeah. Hey, so, I, I believe me. I think overpopulation is the world's biggest problem. That yeah. That well, I true. never had kids. I I don't want no fucking little brats breathing my air. You have a kid. I got a stepdaughter. Oh, so that don't count. Yeah, she's already around. I had nothing to do with it. That's right. All right. So you have no kids. <laughs> and I'm still an uncle. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, you gotta look at the other countries. I mean, especially China. Look how bad they are with all their fucking, uh, you know, just all the emissions and shit they put out over there. It's just it's yeah. disgusting over there. Yep. So you know, it's not just us. It's the whole world has to come together. If the climate change thing is real, the whole Entire Earth has to come together to an agreement to change things. And, and they everybody... did. It was called the Paris Accord, and the first thing fucking Orange Douchebag did was fucking pull us out of it. Really? The only kind of... Us in Nigeria are the only... Nigeria? No, uh... uh um... Yeah, one, one other country. They're the only ones that fucking aren't in that. Every other country in the world is. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't know that. And why do you do it? Because, well, um, this is political fucking just... Well, probably because we didn't make enough money. <laughs> well, anyway, after the girl made the speech, a, um... Uh, who the hell did this now? Because we kind of got off subject here. Oh, uh... Soon afterwards, the uh, speech was, uh, you know, on television and everything. Uh, she became a death metal internet phenomenon via... Uh, John Mollusk, the drummer from uh, New York Thresh metal band, I can't even pronounce this one, uh, Swaka. But he took her speech and put it to death metal music. He sang, he sang over it, did her speech and sang, you know, sang her speech in death metal style. And cool. apparently um, it went up, it, it, it went viral on YouTube, got 4 million uh, views. And uh, it is now being put up on as a uh, a track you can download, I guess, on mm. iTunes. Let's make oh, a little dough off it. Yeah, well, he's actually donating the money to... Uh, they launched uh, Despots Records, 
uh, launched a campaign under the hashtag Green Metal. And I'm hoping that uh, How Dare You is what the song is called. So if you want to look that up, you can find that. How Dare You. Uh, hoping that How Dare You will enter the Billboard Top 10 charts around the world. Um, oh. They're donating money. I saw it before. Where the hell are they donating the money to? Uh, damn it. Well, they're donating money to something. <laughs> well, that's very cool. I like that. So, uh, all pro- Oh, yeah. Okay. All the profits uh, are going to Greenpeace. So if you buy that track, it's going to go to something. That'll help the Earth. Let's go buy the track. You go bitch slap some Japanese whalers. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell them Uncle Saxon sent you. Yeah, but you know that's a put good. My, put my face on the side of that Greenpeace boat and just says Uncle Saxon says hi. We should make up some stickers with your face on it. Just that'd be great. Put them everywhere. You'd have to have like oversized stickers because I got a huge head. You do. It's barely fitting on the screen. Seriously, it's... I've got, like, this fucking... phantasm-sized head. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Do you have to cut the shirts a little bigger for the holes, you know, so you can get your head through the shirt? No. No? No. Uh, All my shirts are very stretchy. See, I I do, because... See, my shirts are all fucking stretched out. That's actually for my son pulling down on it. Oh. It drives me nuts. Then he pulls my chest hair. That hurts. Well, you know, it's always duct tape in the back of <laughs> Melissa's truck. <laughs> Still there. Yeah. <laughs> we we're going to have uh, her pop out of my closet tonight on AVA, but uh, we decided against it. I did see her uh, walk by before. Yeah. So she could have did it then. <clears throat> And uh, last story, this one I was saving for Greg, but uh, unfortunately, he has perished. Uh, <laughs> Mata Hoople has to cancel their tour due to Ian Hunter's uh, scary tinnitus. That shit's a bitch, it really is. It is, and I have tinnitus. There's nothing you can do about it. Actually, I heard that there are, there's something going on about... Uh, reversing that really yeah which would be good i have it like a, a slight bit of tinnitus i have the uh humming uh-huh. thing i have that it's very annoying but i don't hear it if there's noise going on i don't hear it at all as soon mm-hmm. as it goes silent i hear mm-hmm. exactly Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't deal with that. That would that would suck ass. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, it bothers me uh, only certain times. It doesn't do it all the time. Like I said, usually I'm good as long as there's noise. So. So, do you call your tinnitus herpes? No. Why would I call it that? Well, if you're good, it'll heal. Oh, that's a dog joke. Forget it. <laughs> that's <dead now. laughs> like, what? <laughs> uh, you ever hear you know that? Why the, uh, you know why the stoplight was red? Why? You'd turn red too if you had to change in front of all those cars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that wasn't funny at all. No. Not really. It was. So do you have any Uncle Saxon stories for tonight? Oh, shit. Putting me on the spot here. Uh, sure, why not? Uh, the year was 1990. I want to say you, one. You always, you always jump the gun. I got to do your intro first. I'm oh, sorry. Go for it. All right, go ahead. The year was 1991. Um, I went on a cruise down to the Caribbean. We stopped in Cancun and Cozumel and then back to Key West. And I already told you um, the part about uh, when I met Tio Mance. That was a previous oh, yes. Uncle Jackson story. Well, the I, did same add, I did add him to the show. That When you told us about that, I added that to the show. Did you see oh, that? Did you? Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
I found a video of him on YouTube. Actually, the one you told me to look up. Awesome, dude. Awesome, dude. Anyways, uh, before I met him in Key West, we stopped in Cancun and Cozumel. And when we got to Cozumel, we got off the uh, got off the ship and walked down the jetway. And at the end of the jetway, there was dude um, trying to hook you up with timeshare shit. And they're like, "You come see this timeshare? We'll give you a jeep for the day." And me and my buddy Joe are like, "All right, let's let's do that." So we got in the van with a bunch of other people. And when we got to the actual timeshare, I just looked at the driver. I said, you know, this is an absolute no, right? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, come on, let's just go back. And we just went back. I didn't have to do the timeshare thing at all. And he gave us the Jeep. So uh-huh. we went, Cozumel's an island. And we went around the entire circumference of the island. And there was little bars, little tiki hut bars on the beach, like every couple miles. Okay. And they didn't have electricity or nothing. It was on the beach. So we'd stop and have a fucking cocktail. By the time we got back into uh, whatever the San Juan or whatever the, the little town is on Cozumel, I was driving in the ditches and fucking in and out. Fucking, <laughs> I was a I was a waste. Then we went to a place called Carlos and Charlie's, which is your typical tourist uh, party bar. And we were doing the cha-cha-cha-cha, you know, the, the fucking tequila line dance. <laughs> And we were having games where it was all tequila related. And anyways, long story short, um, I remember I had like 150 bucks in pesos, and the next day I didn't have anything. So I think I gave the taxi driver 150 dollars worth of pesos to take me about six blocks back to the <laughs> back to the ship. What I do know for sure is that Joe found me buck naked two floors away with a Subway sandwich in my hand. <laughs> to this day, I have no idea where my clothes went. Um, they're just gone. They disappeared. And then I uh, slept for like the next 24 hours on the way back to Key West. And uh, that's your Uncle Saxon's story of the day. You did find clothes, right? Oh, I had to put other clothes in the, in the, okay. <laughs> the unit. Yeah. At least you had Subway. Yeah. yeah. Little fat, long-haired, fucking 20-something-year-old <laughs> Johnny with a Subway sandwich naked. Two full sex away from our, from our room. Yeah. <laughs> what a sight that must have been. Yeah. Alcohol, it's, it's a lovely thing. <laughs> it's a hell of a drug. Oh. Anybody get any pictures of that? I've got pictures from that trip, oh, yeah. um, but oh, you, nah. you know, <laughs> I don't think Walgreens would have developed that one even. Hey, if did take they don't pay attention to that shit. It just goes to the machine. It goes. Not like that Seinfeld episode where that. You ever see that one where that girl was going through George's pictures, and she finds ones of him like sitting on a couch, like all seductively. You never saw that. Oh no. Yeah. I saw the nip slip one, though. That was a good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Good show. One of my favorite shows. All right. Well, what the hell are we... Uh, what's going on in this episode? Who are we interviewing? Um, oh, uh, Patrick Scott, right? No. Is that going to be sure, this why not? Yeah, let's uh, do it this was, episode. That was an hour-long bit, so I don't know yeah. if you want to... Whatever. No, it's going to be part one. Part one of Patrick Scott. All right, sweet. Yeah, enjoy Patrick Scott. He uh, knows uh, Lars very well. Basically, he uh, he started Metallica. No, he oh, was in the very was... early beginnings. Very early beginnings. And uh, you became friends with him, how? Um, he works at my ophthalmologist's office. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll be seeing him again on Halloween when I get my fucking bionic eyeball put in. Wow, really? Yeah. Nice. So you don't have to use your computer no more. You can just use Skype from your eyeball. And we can see your insides. Let's see what you're made of. See you next week. Enjoy Patrick's game.
<clears throat> Voice cut out there. <sighs> All right. See you later. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Scott, part one, coming up. Bye. All right. Bye, Everybody's ready. Yep. Great. Welcome to Rat Salad Review. Today we have a guest, and that guest is Patrick Scott. Hello, Patrick Scott. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Not too bad. I don't know about these He's guys. He's got a name you can pronounce, even. He's got what? He's got a name you can pronounce. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Very That's true. important. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pat, why do we have you on today? You were a guest uh, from Uncle Saxon. So, people are probably wondering, who the hell is Patrick Scott? Just <laughs> <laughs> like John was when uh, I saw him wearing a Saxon shirt, and I'm going... Saxon, really? And he said, what do you know about Saxon? <laughs> so I told him, yeah. Well, what you tell him? It was a good conversation, yeah. Yeah, what I told him was I, uh, I think I told him they're one of my favorite bands, but uh, that I saw in the 1982 at the Whiskey A Go-Go with Metallica opening for him. Oh, wow. And I, and I think I also told John, I'm not an autograph guy. I've asked for one autograph in my life, and it was Biff. Oh, and, really? and, Gra- and Graham Oliver happened to be standing there, so I got both of the autographs. But I don't I don't ask for autographs, but they were my heroes. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I'm, I'm an autograph guy. I oh, are you? Autographs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of the stuff I have is autographed. Oh, wow. I don't know. I'm so addicted to it now. Like I, I started. I got like one or two here and there, and then I'm like, oh my god. Uh, I don't know if you know that uh, that store, Newberry Comics. I don't. Where's that? That that's in um, uh, Mass- uh, Massachusetts. Oh, I don't know that. One. Yeah, but uh, on their website, once in a while, they have uh, autographed albums. So mm-hmm. I'm always buying autographed stuff on there, and then you know if awesome. I see meet a band or whatever. But yeah, it, it's cool. I like doing that stuff. Awesome. I have it's some nice. autographs, but I just kind of uh, acquired them. Uh, like uh, people like Bob Dylan, a friend of mine said, "Hey," and I met Bob Dylan. But somebody get, just said, Here, "Here's his autograph," and I still have that stuff like that. But yeah, but yeah, uh, well, that's a good uh, one. Yeah, hold nice. on to that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Your your collection looks kind of skimpy back there. Yeah, it's just that's only a few. <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> All right, so let's see. You you um you were uh I guess. You sent me a thing earlier and uh, about um, you being, I guess, uh, friends with Lars Orwick, like yeah, back in right. the early, early beginnings of Metallica. How did that start? Yeah, it was just uh, totally a thing of chance. I was, uh, I was a beginning guitar player, and I, in L.A. They, and I don't know if it still exists, but there's a uh, newspaper called the Recycler that, that looked like Craigslist, but it was a newspaper. Okay. And and I was, I'd look through it to see what bands were out there, and I was kind of dreaming like if I could get in a band. And and there was a drummer that said a drummer into uh, Saxon, Motorhead, and Tigers of Pantane. Oh. And so I'm going what? And I, I knew uh, I had one friend named Bob Nobandian. Do you guys know Bob Nobandian? No, he I does a, a podcast uh, called Shockwaves, and then. Uh, one other one too, but he's been around in the metal scene forever. But uh, he lived down the street from me. But uh, uh, so I, I didn't know anybody that liked the new wave of British heavy metal stuff. And I grew up in Huntington Beach, and he was the only person I knew. So I, I you know, I answered this ad, and this guy with an accent answered the phone. And the first thing he asked me is, "Hey, do you have uh, the Lead Weight compilation, which is the you know the famous neat cassette?" Uh, compilation and I did and then he he asked me if I had the first Raven single uh, which I did and then he asked me what kind of motorhead stuff I had and then uh, you know we talked about more New Ever British Heavy Metal stuff and so he he invited me down and he lived in Newport with his parents and I lived in Huntington and uh, so I got I I didn't have a car then I got in my uh, my dad's car and I drove down to Newport and it happened to be Lars there was no Metallica yet though Oh really? Yeah, he was just—he was a kind of a beginning drummer, mm. but he had this amazing uh, record collection, which wow. is really the reason I went. But he had uh, stuff that you know you, you couldn't get back then in in the states. Right. You know, just uh, I don't know, like the hollow ground stuff and uh, 
uh, I can't even think of any of this stuff. Uh, there's so much stuff. Hollow Ground. I mean, he had uh, Fist on that compilation. Um, God, I'm trying to remember the one that really shocked Black Axe. Yeah, he had a yeah the the Black Axe and going. He had a the uh, what was the one? The Heavy Metal Rules. Um, I'm blanking on names right now. They're all on my iPod. Uh, um, but uh, oh, he just had everything. Anything you can imagine. Like even the. The Soundhouse tapes, all the old Maiden stuff, and uh, his room was wallpapered in Motorhead and Michael Schenker and Diamond Head, and uh, he uh, he lived there with his parents, who were really nice people. But and then he had a stack of T-shirts on the ground that weren't washed. They were like every everybody's dream T-shirts, like all the Diamond Head shirts, and probably had ten Motorhead shirts, and uh, you know Schenker, all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, so we just kind of stayed friends uh, through that. And he, uh, he he told me he was trying to form a band. And then he told me he had he'd met this singer, this guitar player named James, who was a singer, and, and then a guy named Lloyd Grant, who is, uh, you guys probably know who he is, but he was, uh, he played on the very first Hit the Lights recordings. And uh, so, uh, you know, he Lars had come over to to the house I lived in with my parents and watched tennis because he loved tennis. And we had uh, cable TV then and hardly anybody had cable TV. And he'd come over and, and I'd usually go to bed and he, you know, my parents would be in bed and I'd say, yeah, lock up when you leave. And he, he wouldn't, he would never lock up, but he would watch tennis till all hours of the night. <laughs> or we'd sit there and watch MTV and wait for Maiden videos and uh, you don't have to get through all that stuff we didn't want to watch. Right. But it's like Maiden and Motorhead videos, and every once in a while they'd come on, like those live ones with Diana. And uh, I don't know, from there, you know, he's, the band got together. Um, you know, he the, the first show was at Radio City, and he couldn't get a ride. His mom wouldn't let him uh, use her car, so I went down and got him sure. and uh, in, in my dad's car. None of us had cars, and... and uh, I, you know, I used my mom's camera, so I took pictures at the first show at Radio City, and I actually recorded it. Oh, wow. But but like an idiot, the uh, the batteries were kind of run down, and so it recorded super, you know, it recorded slow, but when you played it back, it was sounded like chipmunks. I mean, it was, uh. <laughs> I, I, gave, I gave him the tape, so he has it, yeah. so I bet it could be digitally fixed now, but it's oh, the I'm first sure. show they ever played, and uh, Dave uh, broke a string during Hit the Lights, and he didn't have a backup guitar. He had a BC Rich that he played in. Uh, so we had to, everybody had to wait for him to change his strings, and then they, then they restarted the set, which basically <laughs> consisted consisted of a, you know, Hit the Lights and Jump in the Fire, and then uh, you know uh, Let It Loose uh, by Savage and Killing Time by Sweet Savage and uh, Am I Evil and Helpless. By Diamond Head, and uh, I think that was it. It was like a ten-song set. That was always Lars's goal to have a ten-song set. Yeah. And, and as they wrote originals, they would uh, uh, scratch off one of the covers. But the thing is, nobody knew there were covers. Ah, uh, like, yeah, like, that's yeah, it's true because they're so obscure, kind totally of the way obscure. back then. Yeah. The only guy that knew was like uh, Brian Slagle would be at the shows, and uh, you know that later formed Metal Blade that he hadn't formed them yet. But he, you know, he knew all the bands, and another guy named John Cornerans knew the bands, and Bob Nobandian. But everybody else is out there originals, and uh -huh. it sounded like their other, like Hit the Lights, you know, kind of sounded similar. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it kind of just went from there. I'm, I'm still in touch with them. I, you know, I see them when they're in town, and uh, you know, sometimes I travel to see them. Like I went to the, uh, the, the uh, 30th anniversary shows in San Francisco. Uh, in 2007, I think, or 2009 or something. I can't remember when it was. But where they played the four nights at the Fillmore with, uh, like, the guys in Merciful Fate got up and played with them, and uh, Rob Halford and Ozzy and Geezer, uh, Lou Reed. Uh, just about anybody. Kid Rock got up there and played with them. And, uh, it was pretty killer, pretty killer. Yeah. So it was four nights. Wow. So the. I, I stay in touch with him still, and same with Dave. 
uh, staying. We stay in really good touch. So. So you were you? You must have been there then when um, the whole thing went down with Dave Mustaine getting kicked out of the band and everything, right? Uh, well, you know they were out of they were in, on the East Coast when that happened, but uh, okay. Uh, so I wasn't. Uh, you know the back then it was so funny because there was no cell phones. So I got I still right. have all the postcards that Lars would send me from wherever they were. On the, I kept I've kept everything. I'm, I just uh, I'm kind of that way. I just keep stuff. And uh, did you bring any to show us? <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a lot of it here. It's in closets and things, but uh, I have it on my phone actually. Uh, huh? Stuff like that, but uh, a lot of it. Uh, I, can, I can grab my phone. It's uh, my girlfriend's using it, but uh, that's it. But uh, yeah, I have letters and uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, cassettes that Lars would record for me. Like he he'd make me a New Wave British Heavy Metal compilation tapes. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he loved bands like Trust, the French band, and Bow Wow from Japan. He, they, were, they were one of his favorite bands. Huh. Uh, the band Legend, the New Wave of British Heavy Metal band. Um, think, the EF band, they were a Swedish band that were kind of considered part of the New Wave of British Heavy Metal, but they were huh. Swedish. Um, and then all the uh, New Wave of British Heavy Metal stuff, he'd you know, burn tapes for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, then he, he one day I went over there and he had this recording of Hit the Lights. That was the very first one that that was the master copy that he kept up in his the shelf in his uh, his closet because he didn't want it to get erased. Uh-huh. So, but it was the first recording of Hit the Lights, and it just completely blew my mind that it sounded like like what I thought like sounded like Raven and all that stuff that we loved. And Lloyd Grant played all the solos on it. Okay. Uh, and then when they recorded the uh, No Life to Leather demo, uh, he uh, came to my house in Huntington Beach, and then we got a friend of mine's uh, dubbing deck. You know, nobody had dubbing decks, and, but this one friend of mine did, so we sat in my room and probably burned 100 uh, new uh, No Life to Leather demos. Wow. And then I had a lot of pen pals then. That, uh, so I, I circulated it through my pen pals. That's pretty much how their name got out. Uh, you know, people like Bernard Doe from Metal Forces and uh, Metal Mike from Hard Shock and uh, uh, ended up sending it to K.J. Doughton, who uh, ran Northwest Metal, that fanzine, and uh-huh. he uh, became the fan club manager. And he's uh-huh. actually a really good friend that I've never met personally. But we, uh-huh. we talk online all the time and we just our paths have just never physically crossed. But I consider him a really good friend. But I've never shaken his hand. So it's it's kind of funny. Uh, uh, same with guys like Ron Quintana. You know, I didn't meet him till much later. But you know, we we talked on the phone all the time, and I would uh, call him and play Metallica songs on the phone because they weren't the tapes weren't out yet. They weren't right. circulated yet. So he yeah. already knew Lars. So uh, Lars had already gone up to San Francisco and met him. So. Uh, so that's that's that's, that's kind of how they got around. I mean, I'm uh, and and I used it as a trading source. So I would, uh, uh, you know, all my pen pals would send me Merciful Fate demos and mm. you know and uh, you know Deep Machine demos and Silver Mountain demos and you know Satan T-shirts and the Satan demo and and uh, <laughs> so it was just kind of my source while I was helping my friends who were just a, to me just my friends and then yeah yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but I use it as a source to kind of to, to, for trading. All right. So, and I would send out uh, Young Metal Attack shirts, uh, which were the first uh, Metallica t-shirts. And Lars would give me, you know, 10 or 12 of them. And then I'd, you know, send them with the tape and with a picture of the band and send them out. And then those guys would send me, you know, uh, Merciful Fate records and demos and things like that. So wow. that's, that's kind of how it went. Yeah. You still have all those demos and stuff? I have or? it all. I have everything. Yeah. You might have to. You might have to send us some of those. <laughs> yeah, and I have all the hand, the uh, no life to leather demos with the uh, you know, Lars wrote on them and everything, and oh, it says, wow. they say do not circulate on them. And at first he, they didn't want them circulated until then he said, okay, now you can circulate them. So. Wow. And me and Greg are very uh, big Merciful Fate fans. So. Oh, awesome! Awesome. Share, share some of that stuff with us. Actually, we're starting a King Diamond show soon. I think I on saw Canada. that on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, he's one of my heroes too. Uh, I've seen him quite a few times, and uh, I, I met him once uh, at, in Kansas City, actually. And and it was a funny thing because I uh, 
I walked up to the door. There was all these people outside, and I walked up to the door, and the door flew open, and I walked in. And they thought I was in one of the bands. Armored Saint was opening for them. And I knew the guys in Armored Saint from, from California, but uh, I was sitting down eating uh, uh, lunch with Mickey D and Andy LaRock and King Diamond, and he had just huh? been on uh, the uh, uh, Geraldo Rivera show. Okay. It was, it was covering uh, Satanism. Yeah, and he was yep. he was pissed off because he knew he was going to get uh, edited, right? And he did. He got radically edited, but uh, but he was a really nice guy, really smart guy, and uh, and uh, I ended up seeing the Geraldo Rivera episode a little bit later, and it was it just made him look like he was this evil guy, right? You yeah. know, like he wanted to make him, you know. But yeah, of course, yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll tune into that for sure. The, is it a, a podcast then? The, yeah, it'll be the podcast. It'll be a lot shorter than than our normal show. It'd probably be oh, like okay. maybe 10, 20 minute segments or something like that. I don't oh, know. Awesome. We, it's kind of a work in progress. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Are you guys going to King Diamond coming up here? Uh, he's no, I don't think so. <laughs> sold out. I tried to buy him out? the day. I tried to buy him the day after, and it was already sold out. Uh, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. yeah I think uh, I got some. Uh, one of the websites offered some like advanced thing. Yeah. And, yep. and I, don't, I forget what they call those. And I just happened to look at the website, and I actually got tickets for. But uh, uh-huh. looking forward to it, yeah. 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 John's not yeah. a big fan, right, John? I don't get the stick, to be honest. <laughs> but he loves baby metal. I figured that one out. <laughs> Love baby metal. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've never even heard baby metal. I see their name around, but I've never even heard them. Her? It's, three, it's what, three of them? Or two of them now or something, right? That's but, three of them uh, still. Are they Japanese? Yeah, they're Japanese teenage yeah. girls. And they're really good players, right? Really good musicians. Well, they're they're they just singers, but their band oh, is really, oh. really good. Yeah, their band is tight yeah. as hell. I think I, I just saw, saw them there. Saturday night. So. Oh, you yeah, they're just at saw the them? Yeah, they're at the Myth Saturday night. Oh, My girlfriend wow. did the lighting for it. So. Oh, awesome! Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Who played with them? A band called Avatar, which was another sticky band from Sweden. Oh, is that the them? is that the one that guy wears makeup like a clown? They all wear makeup, makeup and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, hmm. it was bad. Oh, I know who they bad. are. Yeah, yeah, and the singer's really wild, right? Like really yeah. crazy state. Yeah, I've it's seen like a the, Marilyn Manson kind of guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Looks kind of like a crazy clown or something. Yeah, yeah I have seen uh, videos of them. Yeah. Wow. Huh. That's awesome. Never we no idea. <laughs> you never heard of them? I've heard of them. No. Nope. Not heard. The only Avatar I know was from like the early '80s, right, and they only had one record. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, and who did they become? Uh, Avatar. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, Avatar will be on next week, Craig and John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. We could probably make that happen really easily too. <laughs> probably could. I don't doubt it. John, you should try to see uh, King Diamond sometime because he's the band is phenomenal live. I mean, just a great band. A couple times in the eighties, you know. That was fun. Oh, you did. Yeah. First half. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, honestly, just, uh, stick with me. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 I saw him one... with Merciful no, Fate. Uh, I saw him with Merciful Fate uh, years back, and that was awesome. Where you was know, that? Back when. Uh, that was down at a place called the Ballroom down in Maryland in like ninety nine, ninety eight. Okay. Wow, awesome. Yeah, I saw him in the the eighties uh, with Exodus open in in Long Beach, and then uh, I saw him. Uh, I've seen King Diamond a few times, and then Merciful Fate played here in town. Uh, I lost one of the videos here. Yeah, Greg, what disappeared again? Are you still there? Uh, somebody plugged in something that was too much for the breaker. And it was <laughs> something. <Yeah>. So, uh... <laughs> too funny. Good. I'll replace your uh, video with a picture of yourself then. <laughs> That's Greg's ever looked. <laughs> yeah, we should do this more often. <laughs> he's still got sound on him though right yeah that's alright yeah he's fine yeah. Uh, alright so I, I, I have one uh, 
pretty interesting record that I actually got from Lars, and it's the 1980 Bratz record. Yeah, which, yep. Which is the pre Merciful oh, yeah. Fate, yeah. And I, it's a, a mint copy, but I he gave it to me because uh, Ron Quintana, I think it, one of you asked me about this, that he, uh, uh, I think you did, Wayne, yeah, he asked me to write a uh, article on the L.A. heavy metal scene, mm-hmm. and I was not a writer at all, but Bob Nobandian and I decided we would do that, and he he wrote about a couple bands, and then I and then I wrote about Metallica, but they didn't exist yet, mm-hmm. and and I wrote it with Lars in his bedroom in his parents' house in his their apartment, and we were just laughing the whole time because there was no band yet, but we were saying things like uh, potential to become U.S. metal gods, and we were just cracking up, and we're and then he didn't want anybody to know that that he that he sat there and wrote it with me because it would have looked kind of bad. It, oh, yeah. People know now, but when we finished it, uh, it got in maybe the fourth episode of uh, Metal Mania, and so it was the first time their name was ever in print. But uh, and then he gave me a, he had two copies of the 1980 Bratz record because mm-hmm. he, he already knew the guys in Merciful Fate from oh, yeah. growing up in Denmark, and so he gave me a copy of it. So then uh, you know it's kind of a uh, punk rock. It's not metal at all, but it's got Hank yeah. Sherman and Michael right. Denner on it and. And then the other members are non-merciful fate people. But, uh, yeah. It's kind of cool to have, though. Yeah, yeah, we were listening to it uh, actually for you know the show that we're doing. It's, oh, it's really? a lot. It's a lot yeah. different than the uh, merciful fate stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. what you expect. Yeah, not at all. I like it though. It's a good record. Yeah, I like it. I've listened to a fair yeah. amount in my life. Yeah. Really. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a haunted house over there. Wayne, where are you from? You, sound... you, should, you should put that mask on. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> What's that, Pat? Where are you from, Wayne? You sound like uh, you have a New East York. Coast. Yeah, I was gonna say I can tell East Coast. Yeah. Yep, New York. Did you see a lot of shows there? I'm not really a big show guy. I'll go once in a while. I mean, I, I went to. Um, I saw King Diamond since we're talking about him a little bit still. Uh, I saw him at BB Kings, but that was like probably oh. ten years ago now. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't go to shows that much. I go to Jones Beach and things like that. But yeah, I'm not a big show goer. Oh, okay. Yeah, nah. Seems like there haven't been a lot of shows around lately. But uh, there hasn't been a lot of. I'm looking forward to King Diamond, but uh, haven't yeah. been a lot of bands lately. Doesn't seem like. Yeah, I think the, actually the last one I saw was Halloween, and that was in um, oh. in Manhattan. They always go, all these bands always go into these small clubs, and I can't stand that. So I just I hate going. You know. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't mind going into a place that's got like seating, and I can sit down and just relax. Yeah, <laughs> but that's right. those are very hard to come by around here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah the myth that seemed like they always kind of oversell too. It's so crowded. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, were you uh, when you were uh, hanging around with Lars? Did did uh, he even have the? Oh yeah, he did have the name Metallica. But um, I always heard him say that uh, he stole it from a friend. Is that true, that name? Yeah, it, it was actually from Ron Quintana. And okay. uh, Ron was starting Metal Mania, his fanzine, and uh, he uh, was trying to decide if he wanted to name the fanzine Metal Mania or Metallica. And Lars said, Metallica's stupid. Do Metal Mania. That sounds way better because <laughs> he wanted the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he got it. Yeah. yeah. And you you were um, involved too with uh, or not involved but you know around when uh, Lars you know found James and everything. Yeah, and I, I knew I didn't know James real well, but I, I'd see him at shows at like at Radio City and the Woodstock, which were in Orange County, and they were, they shared a wall. They were right next to each other. But I mean, we'd go to see bands. Uh, you know, I've never been into Motley Crue, but I I did see them in a, in a little tiny bar because I wanted to see what they're about and. And bands like you know when like when Jakey Lee was in Rat, uh, you know I went to see that, and uh, you know when Ingbe was in Steeler, and even Steeler before Ingbe, so we we went to a lot of those shows, and James was at most of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of knew him, but not you know he was pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't uh, like I wasn't on first name basis with him oh, yeah. until until I you know knew him through Lars until oh, after yeah. he got together with Lars, and then. I remember I told uh, Bob Nobandy and I uh, said, you know that guy we see at every show? And I, and I explained to him, and I go, James, you know, he's a tall guy with blonde hair. I said, he's the, the new singer with Lars. And and it was just kind of a funny thing because Lars was a total beginner then. He he didn't right. care, though. He didn't care one bit. 
because he was already working the business side of it. He always had a business mind. Oh. And uh, he even asked my dad. Uh, I remember sitting at my my parents' dinner table, and he asked my dad for ten thousand oh, dollars wow. to invest in his band called Metallica. <laughs> Who would do that? You know? yeah. <laughs> and my dad's like, you know, who would invest in some kid's band? Ten thousand dollars. But it probably should have looking back now. But, uh, <laughs> so, but my parents knew him, and he'd come over even if I wasn't home, and you know, and watch MTV or watch tennis and things. So yeah. it goes back but a long way. Yeah, he's he's well off though, and his family no, right? I thought he was. You know, it's a funny thing. It's a. Uh, um, Actually, there's a, another book coming out about thrash metal, and that I'm, I'm doing. I'm answering those questions on email. But uh, he, that same question came up that he was well off, and you know, he lived. They lived in Newport Beach. It was a two-bedroom apartment. Uh, his mom had an AMC Pacer. Right. You know, Lars didn't have a car. I never saw if his dad had a car. Uh, his dad is one of the like the sweetest people you can imagine just one of the nicest nicest people and still is but uh and when every once in a while Lars could get his mom's car and it was this amc pacer and he drove like a complete maniac <laughs> like he'd pass people on the right side on the shoulders yeah. on, and there wasn't enough room and he didn't he was just he was mellow about it but that's just how he drove but usually it would be i'd get my dad's car and pick him up and then we'd go run around to record stores or you know, go to shows and things, but, uh, so, you know, and, you know, he didn't have a camera, he didn't, he had tons of records and tons of t-shirts and, you know, stuff like that, but I didn't, back then, I didn't think of him as being like a rich kid, oh, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, you know, James was, and Ron McGovney, you know, lived in Norwalk that was pretty, uh, blue collar, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, so it was a different upbringing, but, uh, you know, his dad was a professional tennis player. Yeah. But I never got the impression that they were rich or anything. But, right. you know, but, you know they, it was a nice area. I mean, I don't think there's a bad area in Newport Beach. But yeah. <laughs> and Lars worked at a gas station, and, you know, he'd, uh, it was one, he sat in a booth and just took money. And he'd call me. He'd be worried he was going to get robbed because he really didn't, America was kind of new to him. Right. But he'd be in his, in his booth listening to Angel Witch, you know, taking <laughs> people's gas, you know, and. So he'd call me, and I could hear what he was listening to all the time. But, yeah. but uh, so I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people assume that, and may, I don't know. Maybe they were well off, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get that when I was a kid. You yeah. know, when I was seventeen years old. But yeah, yeah, you always fit that because, like you said, his father was a you know a pro tennis player. So you know, yeah. he's got to be making some kind of money. You know? yeah, he may have. His dad was always doing a, just really bizarre paint, like painting on these. You know, ten foot canvases, and, oh, wow. and it, it made no sense to me. But he would explain it to me, mm. and I would always act like, "Oh yeah, I see that," and I, I did not get it at all. <laughs> but but uh, but if that's with any a lot of art, you know, <laughs> you see it and it's like, "Oh yeah, that's cool," but you don't know what it means. Yeah. That's so, funny because isn't Lars like really into painting now? He is. Yeah, he's a big yeah. collector, and yeah. I'm sure that came from his dad. His yeah. dad uh, was really into jazz, so Lars knew, knows a lot about. Uh, like Dexter Gordon is Lars's uh, godfather, okay. Because he really? was friends, he was friends with with uh, Torben, with with Lars's dad. Hmm. So oh, wow. then there was a there was this pop singer out a few years ago named Nina Cherry. Yep. And, okay. And her yep. and her dad was Don Cherry, who was a famous jazz musician, and Lars was childhood friends with her. So hmm. uh, yeah, kind of funny connections, but wow, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then his mom was very nice, and uh, she'd come in the room and start yelling at him to clean up his room or something, but it was all in Danish, so I didn't really know what they were saying, and he'd bark back at her, and but they were, that's just the way they were. But uh, so I actually drove her to, uh, when Metallica uh, did the Kill em All for One tour with Raven, uh, Lars called me and said, hey, can you pick up my mom? And so me and my buddies went down and picked her up and drove her to the show, and so, uh, just so she could see his, you know, Metallica play with Raven. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, which was unbelievable. That was an unbelievable show. I guess uh, his parents were into the Metallica stuff. You know, they, uh, you know, they took him to shows like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, but uh, 
you know, I didn't ever talk to him about that. But yeah. his dad's like a really good critic of Metallica. He's really like brutally honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. About like he'll tell Lars, no, no good. You know, he'll be really honest about it. And his mom, uh, I think she was just there to support him. Right. But I, but I don't I don't really know what music she liked. I don't have any idea. But but she you know she was cool and, and not out of place there. That was at the country club in in Reseda. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I would love Pat to do something about the new wave of British heavy metal with you sometime. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's kind of my real love. That's my. Me too. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. John had told me about that. He had a friend in the new wave of British heavy metal and. You live down the street, and I'm going, what? And so I couldn't wait to meet you. That's cool. Oh, so you live, like, uh, where? Yeah, Not but, too uh, far. What's yeah, that? Yeah, we should Not definitely get far. together sometime. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. still my... Actually, uh, yeah. I was just making a playlist of all the uh, Friday Rock Show recordings I have. Really? I have some yeah. of those on my, on my iPod, yeah. I've got Shiva, Fastway, couple Motorheads, Angel Witch, Diamond awesome. Head. I've got like four Diamond Head ones because I swear they were on there like every year. But yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of the, uh, a lot of the BBC demos too of uh, like Titan bands like that. And, oh, uh, cool. Yeah, so uh, can't think of them. I have them over here, but I can't, I can't think of all of them. But. Maybe you two should start a podcast together. Oh. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, actually, we could start off with that Raven single. Johnny actually gave me that for Christmas a year or so ago. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. The Don't Need Your Money one? Yeah, I could, I'll grab it. <laughs> yeah, Wiped Out is one of the best, uh, one of the greatest uh, New River British Heavy Metal songs, I think, but. And Exterminator Day, Ex- Extermination Day is one of my favorites too. Yeah. Why does lights go out again? <laughs> uh, my lights aren't gonna go out. Now there it is, yeah. Yep. Neat awesome. records. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a good I, friend. Uh, yep. We ever, we ever into Legend? Yeah. They're they're from the Jersey Islands, which is a, uh, off the coast of France, but it's a British part of England, but. Uh, uh, the, they're one of my favorite bands, and they were one of Lars's favorite bands. But uh, the guitar player contacted me on Facebook, and he said, "I know we influenced Metallica, but I have no uh. proof." But he said, "I have no proof, but I know we had to have influenced them." And I have a tape. I think it's right over here that uh, that Lars made for me that has his handwriting on it. That uh, he recorded the legend, the first Legend album for me. So it just totally made that guy's day. That uh, oh, but they influenced awesome. Metallica, yeah, and it's funny how Lars worshipped those guys, and now those guys are so like overjoyed yeah. that they influenced Metallica. So uh, it's kind of fun. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you you know what's funny is well, I'm younger than all you guys, so I got into it a little bit later. But um, you know, my dad was big time into new wave of British heavy metal as well. Really? Awesome. I had I had heard Sweet Savage before I heard Metallica though, and that was the first wow. thing I thought when I heard Hit the Lights. I'm like, sounds like Sweet Savage, Eye of the Storm, yep. kind of, but yep. quicker. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I when I heard it, I remember thinking, this sounds like all the stuff we listened to when he he played it for me, and it was just on a little four track recorder. But uh, and I remember the uh, uh, Lloyd had a Montgomery Ward's amp about foot tall that had had one tube in it and that's what he recorded it on and it sounds like a Marshall stack and he 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 wanted to use his strat and the guys in Metallica said no we don't want the strat the flying V and he had a black uh, Gibson flying V and they started calling him black shanker he's a Lloyd's a Jamaican guy but uh but uh and it was a you know it was a term of endearment like it was a compliment because they loved shanker but they loved his guitar playing too and then uh the amp had, they had an amp with reverb on it, and they, they, they banged it against the ground to make it explode, to do the explosion at the end of the song. So right. that, that's how they did that explosion on the end. It had hit the lights on Metal Massacre and on the demos and things. Oh, 
Well, now I'm gonna have to edit. I'm gonna have to edit that in the show now. Thanks. <laughs> Not a problem. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. Good thing I left it recording. Yeah, Lloyd actually want, he's talked about uh, remarketing that amp, having it rebuilt uh, to look. Exa- he still has the amp, and as the amp that he recorded hit the lights on, but he didn't know if there'd be a market for it or not, and to so start selling it as a practice amp because it was an amazing guitar amp, but it, but it literally was about a foot tall. Wow. But, uh, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So, I don't want to. So we, take... uh, we got some good uh, Mega Dave news today, apparently. What's that? Well, his treatment's going phenomenally, and yeah. uh, he just got done with his last chemo. And he's yeah. on a program which uh, is supposed to be real successful. Yeah, he's real optimistic uh, about it. Yeah. When was the last time you talked to him? Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, he told me uh, uh, about a month before it was released, so I had to keep it. I didn't say a word to anybody, but he, uh, you know, we were in pretty good contact. And and over the last few weeks, we, I've, you know, I've, I text him to say, "Hey, I'm thinking about you." You know, not not re- asking him anything, because he he doesn't really talk a lot about it when we do talk. Uh, but uh, he he says it's all going well. You know, he's a. Uh, uh, a few years ago, in 2013, my mom passed away, and uh, he, uh, I had told him about it, and I was with my mom in hospice for two weeks. I didn't leave my mom, and oh, and and they were on they were on tour. Yeah, it was the hardest thing I've been through in my life. But oh, yeah. the, the guy that contacted me every single day was Dave Mustaine. Wow. And, and I mean, he's a, such a busy guy, but he did not miss a day of contacting me. I mean, that's the kind of guy he is, and he, you know he has a certain reputation, yeah. but uh, you know, and and some of it's earned, you know, but uh, but uh, he's a he's a fearless guy, but he's uh, yeah, he it was just an amazing thing. I mean, it really helped me get through it. And then uh, I spent the next week cleaning up my mom's apartment, you know, donating things and giving stuff away. And the uh, the Saturday I drove back up here, they were playing at the Myth. Okay. And so, yeah, so he let my girlfriend and me stand on the stage and uh, oh, wow. he just kind of just totally rolled out the red carpet and said, the show's for your mom. I mean, wow. that's the kind of guy that he really is. You know, wow. really, really an amazing guy. Well, that's good to hear because, like you said, he gets a, a bad rap <laughs> a lot he does, of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, when I see him, he's, he's just like he was when we were kids. I mean, um, I, I remember like at the... They were playing a show at the Woodstock, and Slayer was at the bottom of the bill. And uh, but Slayer was just a cover band there, and they didn't play speed metal then. They played, oh, you know, wow. Judas Priest covers and things. But I had an Angelwood shirt on, and the light guy didn't show up. So I, it's a, I have a reputation for being their light technician. Uh-huh. It says that online, but I did it one time, and it's because the light guy didn't show up. And the, the light switch. The light module had two switches, like for the red and the blue lights or something. <laughs> so I, I knew the song, so I was just going real fast. And but uh, and Dave had an on through the night shirt, a Duff Leopard shirt on, and he was a uh, he and he said, "I'll give you a uh, one of the red uh, young metal attack shirts if you let me wear your Angelwood shirt just for the show." And I didn't do it, but <laughs> but, but I, I had one of the red shirts because I don't know what I did. That's one of the one things I've lost. But I should have done it. I should have let him wear it because then I would have two of those shirts because they're pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, we had some closer contact uh, last year because one of my favorite bands is a band called Mustache. And Mm -hmm. they're they're a Swedish band. And they have, I have all their CDs sitting right there, but they have probably eight CDs out. And they're my favorite band of the last 20 years, probably. uh, Wow. And, uh, and and Dave loves them. I, I turned Dave on to him, and he absolutely loves them. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to. We we're trying to get him lined up to go on tour with Megadeth. So, uh, so he and I were talking on the phone a lot about it, about working out, but it just never worked out. Finances and everything, just uh, kind of a lot of a turned into kind of a big uh, mess, sort of. But yeah. I actually flew down to Austin to see Mustache play because they didn't play up here. There was like 15 people there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> same way in L- in LA, there was 15 people. Toronto, there was like 20 people, and so yeah, wow. but, uh, great fan. That you guys should check them out. Yeah, yeah, no, I've definitely heard of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A friend of mine likes them, so he gave me a, a couple of their albums. Yeah. 
Is he local? Is he in town? Uh, yeah, he yeah, he lives about an hour from me. Yeah, he's oh, in okay. New York too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he likes he likes that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah I do too. They're not yeah. bad. Yeah. All right, that was Pat, part one of Patrick Scott. Come back next week for part two. There will be more. If you dare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you can add to the show before we uh, we head out of here? Flash my dick again. I don't know if you're into that, but no, please don't. All right. Not into that at all. I don't think anybody watching the show is either. Well, you could have some fans out there. I really don't know. Hey, man, I, I think we fucking doubled our subscribership after I flashed my tits the first time. We have had... Well, actually, that that hasn't aired yet. That's That airs tomorrow. <laughs> oh, all right. Or it'll air before this episode goes up. Yeah, yeah all right. Uh, so we'll see what happens after that goes up. Because we have been getting some new subscribers, and I really... You know what? Let's thank some of the new subscribers. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I haven't given any shout-outs to any new subscribers. And I'm I'm sorry for people earlier that have subscribed, but now we have quite a few, so I'm not going to go through everybody. But uh, Jules Guitar, thank you very much for subscribing. Lone, Lone Wolf GAM, thank you for subscribing. Andrew, Andrea Raybar, Mike Jones, Steve Friend, Jorge Del Rio. Jorge! Yep, Scott Ward. I'd pronounce this other person's name, but I can't pronounce that at all. But uh, Just call him Earl. No, it's a girl. But uh, I really appreciate everybody and the new subscribers. And uh, keep it up. Share it with your friends. We're going to have a lot of cool interviews coming up. Um, who else? I, we got uh, Michael Jargo from the Hami Media Group coming up. We're talking uh, Halloween. I'm going to do that uh, two weeks. And then uh, Arn Sky comes on the show. And um, Matt Schaffer. Well, Matt, you've already seen Matt Schaffer. That would be on by the time this comes on. So, And then Big Ray from the Hamming Media Group. He's coming on to do uh, album versus album. Maybe. I don't know. We were supposed to record that earlier today, but it didn't happen. So we'll see what happens. And then we're well, going to be on. going to Antigua, and, and uh, you might uh, just catch. A glimpse of your favorite uncle in a speedo with a hedgehog in it. They have they have hedgehogs over there. Sure they do. Antigua and hedgehogs. It's they fucking fillet them and real thin. Uh, I know they do they have like those um, those lizards. They have those lizards over there. Yeah. They would crawl under the door. When I was there for the, my honeymoon, they crawled under the door. Yeah, they were harmless. They are. Got some nasty bugs over there, though. They would spray, and every every couple of days they um, they would spray the resort with this big fog machine thing, mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of scary. What time of year did you go? Uh, April. All right, that's when the bugs are spawning. Oh yeah, yeah. It was nice. It was the whatever they put in that fog stuff that they put around. There was no bugs. No, nothing to like really bother us. Not like where I live. Forget it. I can't even walk outside the door without getting bit by a mosquito. Right on. So you'll be good. Well, I don't know. You're not going into a resort though, so who knows? Nope. All right. Adios, everybody. See you next week. Later. later. Rat, rat salad, rat, rat salad Subscribe YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's it. Bye-bye.